When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're finally at that hot new spot, the one your friends keep raving about, sitting across from your date. It's going... Another round? Really well. And that dish you've been dying to try, oh, it's headed your way. You can smell it, hear it sizzling fresh off that skillet as it comes closer, closer, and served. Go ahead, enjoy. After your phone sneaks a bite first... When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. You're listening to a Castaway Media Podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castawaypodcasts. Hi, hello. Um, welcome to episode 32 of Potterooney. I am so happy that you've subscribed or downloaded or tuned in. Old-fashioned word used for the radio, I suppose. I don't know if you use that for a podcast. You don't tune in. There's no dial. Don't switch that dial. None of that goes on. Well, however you've ended up listening to this, thanks a lot. And if it's your first time, listen to the back catalogue. There's lots of great interviews there. And whatever you're doing, I would imagine you could possibly be in your car. You could be going for a run or a walk in the park um, you could be cooking dinner I say that because that's what I do when I'm cooking I uh, put on an old podcast or two um, well whatever you're doing I would like to bring you to where I am and I'm standing at the back of a tennis court a, an overgrown tennis court beside a big Georgian house in the middle of the Sligo countryside it's the morning it's kind of overgrown here, um, kind of nice bit of decay, you know, kind of a pond with um, probably no fish in it because it's all kind of overgrown. And I'm here because um, in a video, I will be acting in a music video for a guy called T- Dean Scurry. The song is called Give Me a Chance. And I will be this kind of manic a uh, frustrated bloke in a straitjacket and tied up with rope, I think, uh, in his mansion, just slightly frustrated with whatever's happening in his life. But, and he's in a straitjacket. I mean, that probably would be frustrating in the first place. So I'm in this mansion and it's owned by, um, gosh, I can't remember his name. Actually, I don't think I meant to give his name out. You know, so, uh, um, and uh, it's pretty cool because it's just, you know those houses where, um, you know, yeah, someone's, someone is landed with a big house and lots of land. The poor thing. And, uh, but they haven't got the money to look after, or, you know, it's difficult to look after. So it's kind of slightly, it's just great. It's, it's not, oh, you know, it's not slightly, uh, um, you know, things are slightly decaying, but just perfect, actually. Just in the right, right place, you know? Lots of dogs in the house. There's a bit of, uh, nick, everywhere you look, there's a uh, paintings of, Fecking ancestors and uh, guns, um, and uh, and there's a, a wolf's head stuffed, obviously, um, over one of the doors. 
and uh, I've been told it was the last wolf in Ireland. The last wolf in Ireland. Um, how someone knows that and goes and then shoots the wolf, I don't know. You would think, oh, there's a. You would think that they might go, Jesus, better not shoot it. It is actually the last wolf in Ireland. Someone went, oh, shit, that's the last wolf in Ireland. Look at it. Shoot it. But, um, yeah, let's face it, it's probably not the last wolf in Ireland. Um, so I'm out here to do this video. Uh, yeah, so uh, you're going to be listening to Michael Redmond coming up in a minute. And he played Father Stone in Father Ted. And I met him last Weekend because we were doing three Father Ted nights in in Scotland, in Aberdeen, Edinburgh, in Glasgow, and so he came up to the, my hotel room and uh, on a wet Saturday afternoon in Edinburgh, and I had this chat with him. Excuse my voice might be a bit hoarse because it's quite early in the morning and and um, and my voice doesn't work that good in the morning. So before uh, I let you have a listen then, will I? Yeah, I just want to tell you that I'm feeling good. It's a beautiful morning. I met someone amazing a couple of days ago and I feel good. Things are good. Yeah, the whole thing about uh, one door closing, another door opening. Uh, for me, that's true. A big, massive door. It was little door closed and a huge door. A big of like in the Georgian house actually has opened and so I'll be going into that room I will okay listen to Michael Rabbit Did you like Blackrock? I mean, um, I didn't. I didn't particularly dislike it. I, mean, I, I didn't. I don't have any hang-ups about it particularly. You know, I mean, it was probably a lot. Could have been a lot worse than than other, or not say not as bad as a lot of other. Mm. Like, so I think I mentioned the Christian Brothers to you the other day because that's why that was the threat from our parents. Yeah. If you're out of order, we'll send you to the Christian Brothers. That was the threat hovering over you. <laughs> right. So yeah. I, I assume it wasn't as bad as as Christian Brothers. You know. Uh, well, I had a couple of years of them, and uh, they didn't do that to me. I yeah. Know, yeah, maybe it was just a fallacy. I don't know. Maybe I know I've heard bad things, yeah. but but yeah, no, because Frank Kelly doesn't does didn't like BlackRock at all. I, yeah. I mean, so, see, I, I wasn't very academic anyway, so I mean, I just kind of enjoyed uh, quite mm. a few mates there, and we just played football, and mm. you know, so I didn't didn't really bother me that much to be honest. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, how many siblings have you? I've got uh, two brothers and a sister. Yeah, and they, 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 the two brothers went to Blackrock, and she went to Sinead, which is the kind of sister school. It's actually it's not in the same grounds, but the yeah. there's just a wall separating Sinead from from Blackrock. So right. it's kind of a sort of the female version of it. Yeah. Right. And what did what did your father do? He he owned a tobacconist in O'Connell Street. Really? Yeah. It's a gold mine, but he's a fucking Egypt. He's got to go to Rack and Ruin. Yeah. Yeah. Was like, do you remember the, remember the Metropole? No, there's a Metropole Hotel. It's um, where BHS is now. Okay, okay, yeah. There's a big, big sort of Metropole Hotel. Really quite, like, what oh, sort of, the Metropole was... It was yeah. kind of like the Shelburne. It wasn't quite as posh as the Shelburne, but it was pretty pretty exclusive. You know? Right. But the, the shop was kind of a part of it. It was in the front. It was facing onto the street, you know, so it was a gold mm. mine, basically. You know? yeah, yeah. But it was kind of a specialist sort of tobaccos and things like that. I mean, he sold ordinary cigarettes as well, but yeah. there was all sorts of exotic tobaccos and pipes and all that kind of thing, so, oh, right. which people used to buy in those days. 
Oh yeah, yeah. There's a place like that at the bottom of Grafton Street. Is there? Yeah. It's still there, I think. Oh, I know the one you mean. Yeah. What's yeah. it called? Captain Peterson or something? Is it? I don't know exact. No, I don't know the name. I can't no, think of the name. Maybe not. No. Yeah, they 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 would do. Uh, so it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was right in the right in the heart of Macon Street, so it was a gold mine. Yeah. And the Metropole was uh, a lovely building. Was that was all knocked? Was it? Oh, yeah, it was all knocked down. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was a lovely building. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a really nice hotel. Yeah. Mm. And did your mother work? She originally worked in his in his shop. That's how they met each other. In that shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And then then she just became sort of housewife and mother. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, when you were in uh, Black Rock, did you get involved in any drama or anything like that? Or you, you mean drama as in as in theatre? Oh yeah, yeah, or? yeah. No, not just. No, no, no interest at all. To be honest, I still, I still don't have an awful lot of interest in drama. To be honest. <laughs> well, like performing. No, 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 because no, because my my first love is writing. Ah, okay. Because you see, a lot, I know a lot of comedians sort of they hate the they hate the writing bit. Yeah, they hate that blank bit of paper. I actually love that. That's my favourite bit. Oh, so um, I mean, I don't mind. I don't dislike performing. Yeah, but um, if if I could uh, just write, I wouldn't bother performing. Right, right. But I think most comedians come from the other way. They start off performing, and then they sort of start writing their own stuff. Yeah, but um, no, performing never really entered my head. Really, to be honest with you. Yeah. The only reason it entered was because I used to write stuff. I started writing stuff for Mike Murphy because Dermot, you know, I knew Dermot at the time, Dermot Morgan. Dermot Morgan. Yeah. yeah. Father Ted, in case anybody doesn't know who that is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not name dropping, I just, I just, we just lived up the road from each other. Oh, really? So he used to write for Mike Murphy as well. And he said. Mike you know, Murphy uh, show, which was a comedy show, was it? Comedy? It wasn't a comedy show, no. no. It was just kind of like, you know, playful, you know, that kind of Terry Wogan version that could just kind of chatty, but kind of. It wasn't a comedy show, no. Uh, I know he did the thing where he disguised himself and would go out and hide the camera. It was and camera. that was TV. This, I'm talking about oh, radio. Oh, talking about radio. Yeah. Sorry, I, okay. I, did, I did some. Of those, I did some of those uh, yeah. camera things as well. Yeah, later. But uh, but you were writing for this before you did stand up. Are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. But you say writing for them. I used to send in. A, oh yeah. Kind of about three or four topical gags every week, and he would read them out. Yeah. yeah. And you get, I got 15 quid each week for that. Oh wow. Uh, five or a gag, I think it was. But I, mean, I obviously couldn't make a living out of that, you know. And was Derek Morgan doing the same thing? He had done, but he, he'd stopped doing it at that stage. But yeah. he said, you know, that's it's a good opportunity if you want to sort of send some stuff in. Oh, right, cool. So I did, and he started taking it, you know. Um, and then, I mean, I, re- I think I tried writing stuff, sending stuff to the BBC and ITV, but I didn't get anywhere, you know. So, yeah. um, And then it was Billy McGrath actually opened up a comedy club yeah. not far from me, but in Mount Merion and the Sportsman's Inn. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the little basement down there. That's where I first met Kevin McAleer. Um, yeah. So I decided to give it a go then because I knew I wasn't going to make a living out of writing, you know. So right. I started doing a bit of stand-up then. The club only lasted about six weeks because it was okay. just a local place, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, how, yeah, it was, it was writing really how I started rather than performing. All right. So, yeah, when I was in school, I thought of being involved in any theatre or performing wouldn't have entered my head, you know. Yeah, so, wasn't. I didn't have a clue what to do. I mean, when I left school, you know, I just did the normal sort of middle class things. I went into an insurance office and then I started doing it. Is that what you did first? Yeah, you didn't yeah. go to college then. You no, I didn't go to no. college. No, I had no interest in academia at all. To be honest. Yeah, and I wasn't thick, but I just didn't. Want to, I didn't, didn't, didn't particularly. There was nothing I particularly wanted to do. Really. Yeah. Study. I mean, you know. So, and there was no job I particularly wanted to do either. So I just drifted into middle class insurance and candidacy for a while as well yeah. but they're all I mean, they're driving me insane I knew sort of yeah. if I have to carry on like this I'll just explode you know right yeah, yeah. but I didn't know I mean, I, I, 
thought it could be a comedian because there was no there wasn't really any like culture that there is now I and mean, it was just your 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 um, working class not working class working men's clubs yeah 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 and mother and all jokes and food also a lot of shite you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that sort of it didn't even enter my head to become a comedian to be honest I, I, I loved comedy I, mean, I loved the goons and I loved uh, mm. sort of originally Marx Brothers that's what I really liked and then the goons and then Monty Python as well obviously mm. and Peter Cook and Dudley Moore but they weren't stand-ups though so no. really, I didn't think of doing it's, stand-ups and you wouldn't have thought of any way of being no, no, like, how, how, I could, how I could sort of direct that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I knew I, I just sort of guys would come into my head and I said I knew I liked kind of writing sort of yeah mm-hmm it was, it was strange. I mean, I remember the first guy gave a really just came into my head. I don't remember. I never sat down and think, mm. I'll write a joke for just for some reason. It just came into my head. Which, do you know what that was? I do, yeah. I remember, yeah. I still use it. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's not uh, like most people from Ireland. I was born a Catholic. Yeah. It came as a bit of a shock to my parents who were Protestants. Right, okay. So, I, don't know, I don't know how it came into my head. Yeah, yeah It just okay. did. Just yeah. one of those weird things. And then I thought, yeah, well, I'm quite enjoying that. So I'll try and write some more stuff here. Yeah. yeah. So that was like the Billy McGraw opened that club, and yeah. was that when uh, what's called the alternative scene was happening in in London? Or in it probably London? was, but yeah. I wasn't aware of it to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure it was. Yeah, Billy probably did, but I, yeah. I wasn't aware of it. But how did you become aware of the club then? Billy's club. Yeah, I, he must have advertised it or something. I don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, I can't, that's a good idea, actually. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I used to go to the there was, there was a place called the Sportsman's Inn. And there was a, an upstairs bit or a level, on the ground level where the band called Step Aside used to play. Oh, yeah, another band. I, I used to go there every Sunday afternoon, oh. I think it was. But where Billy's thing was, was downstairs. Mm. So maybe he maybe he advertised or something. Right, and you lived nearby. He, well, he, he, was, he was very... I think he lived in that area as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so did you go and see it first? Did you have a look at... Go down and see what was No, I think on. I just went and just... <laughs> Turned up to... I think the, the first night, yeah, yeah. yeah it was, right. it was my, I know Kevin McAleer was there as well. Oh, yeah. I, I actually remember... Uh, I may be wrong because he thought he remembered me with the cauliflower. I, I don't think that was the first time he saw me, but... You know, yeah, he thought he saw you the first time in Harcourt Street. Uh, no, it was definitely... He probably forgot you. Because my act was so unmemorable. <laughs> <laughs> he probably forgot about the sports. And then, but I remember him... His, I'm sure it was his opening. He said... Uh, uh, good evening, my name's Kevin McAleer, as the name suggests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought, that's, yeah, that's classy, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he had some other good stuff as well, but I can't remember what it was, but that was, you know, that sort of was imprinted in my brain. Yeah, I want to be honest, when uh, he's similar to you, kind of... Yeah, so delivery, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also his attitude because he didn't uh, think about doing stand up for years. Uh, well, I think Kevin is more of a writer. He comes more from a writing tradition as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he could probably live without. I don't know, I can't speak on his behalf, but I can imagine he could live without performing. Yeah. In the same way I can, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I remember some. How it really impinged on my brain was because I went to London first time, it was with Sean Hughes. Mm hmm. And um, we shared a horrible bed sit in Turnpike Lane together. Mm. But um, neither of us knew anybody else in London at that point. So we were both ringing up clubs to get open spots. You know, you just went along and did five minutes. And if you did okay, mm. in those days you'd get a booking within a few weeks. You know, now it takes about four years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but I remember the sort of say if uh, on a Monday he was doing an open spot, I would go with him because I mean, we no friends, so it just was something to do. Yeah. But I remember when I would be going with him, I'd be thinking, Thank fuck I'm not working tonight. I'm just I can just relax and have a drink. Yeah, I don't have to perform. But 
if he went with me and I was doing an open spot, he would go up to the pro and say, can I do five minutes as well? Yeah. So it made me realise that he... I don't really actually like performing that much, but he loved it, and that's how I saw the. But I, I like I really like sitting down and writing. That's what I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you you uh, did uh, the first gig in the in this uh, Billy McGrath's club, um, yeah. did it go from there? You were just like, I mean, obviously there's only one club in Dublin, is it? I can't say I was hooked really. I don't know. No. I think what happened then was that um, I said I was mates with Dermot Morgan, and he was kind of getting involved with RT, and he eventually got mm. commissioned for his own sketch show. Mm. And I got involved in that, and we, we filmed it, and everything it was it lasted about six or eight weeks, I think, all the filming. Mm. Um, <laughs> it was due to go out about six months later, but yeah. suddenly they sort of they kept delaying it and delaying it, and then eventually, am I speaking loud enough, by the way? Uh, I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, eventually, um, after about a year, they said, oh, "We're we're we're, um, we're just going to put out an air special. We're not going to put out the show at all." We're not, we're not going to put that on a weekly basis. Just a one-off. We're just condensing it, condensing it into an hour, and then mm. that's it. Yeah. Mm. And um, then Billy ran a few nights in the Project Art Centre. Mm. It was three or four nights, and mm. I did that as well. But then there was just nothing else. And then, mm. but Kevin McAleer had had gone to London in the meantime mm-hmm. since the Sportsman's Inn or the Harcourt Place, mm. and then he'd come back to do the project, and he was telling me about the seen in London you know. right, right, right. so I decided to just go over to London and give it a go yeah, yeah. and so this thing this is a, a the sketch show that uh, Dermot Morgan did there's yeah. been loads of kind of stories about that that he fell out with RTE over that and was that is it, are you talking about the, the scraps are doing or the radio thing no no uh, the, this TV oh, he's, well, he's well pissed off yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was raging yeah. I mean, it was basically his career down the spout of that you know, he's just yeah. he'd just been waiting for this to go out so that would Expecting it to take off, yeah. for his career to take off, and it would have helped me as well because I was in a lot of the sketches. Yeah. Um, Did you write for that as well? I wrote some of my own stuff. Yeah, I had, I had my own piece as well. I had my own sort of uh, two or three minute piece that I was. I was kind of. Uh, mm. It was kind of like we're in roadworks, and I, I was sort of uh, the chairman of the neo roadworkers party, and I'd be giving them sort of speeches using all this sort of flowery, ridiculous language. Right. Yeah. Because you know these trade union trade, leaders. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that kind of you know, mm. um uh, you know all that sort of nonsense language out, out of context and all that and I would just sort of be talking to the three or four workers there yeah. so I had that on my own and then I was in other bits of sketches yeah. as well in the show you know so and was it they just didn't get it the RTE just didn't get it or I don't know because I mean, there was nothing yeah I mean I can't see why because I mean, there was nothing offensive mm. about it it wasn't kind of trying to be uh, you know cutting edge or anything it was mm. just sketch, fully sketches basically mm. yeah and um I'm sure some, like, like all sketch shows, some of the sketches probably weren't that great. I don't know. Mm. And I didn't see them all. Yeah. Um, but uh, why they didn't... I mean, they paid for it, you know. They paid us mm. all for the filming and they'd mm. done the filming. Of a whole series? Yeah, it was a, 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 a six-week series. Yeah, and yeah. they were like... Six episodes, yeah. That's a bit of a kick in the teeth. It was bizarre, yeah, because it just didn't make sense because, I mean, yeah, the, they've... Trump has so much shite. No, it's not like they have a high level yeah. of quality control. And, and as I say, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't biting satire. It wasn't kind of. Like, yeah. um, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe something happened. I don't know. That you know, Dermot had an argument with somebody, and right, you know, yeah. I, I don't really know. But yeah, 
But once that once that was kind of scrapped, I knew that's you know there's nothing's going to happen here. And then I met Kevin. Yeah. At the project, and he said this is happening. So I just yeah. just went to London then. Yeah, yeah. And so then you're oh, and you went with Sean because no, I did. Well, I went. It was kind of. I went. To, I think we went over together. I think. Mm. For about three or four weeks, and uh, we tried a dub act, which was appalling. Yeah, did we? <laughs> yeah. And we hadn't done it before, anything with each other before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the reason I knew him was that he he did a, a night in somewhere in town, somewhere in Dame Street, I think, some basement place. He did about two or three nights there. The Underground, know. maybe. That's okay. It was okay. That's where I was. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It's called the Underground. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Did he do a comedy yeah. show there? Yeah, just about three. Not him. He sort of set a comedy night up, sort of oh, two really? or three nights. Yeah. Okay. So I went along to that, and I did a few things. So that's how I got to know him. Oh. And he was talking about going to London as well. So yeah, we went together at first and, uh, for about three weeks, and uh, mm. I, I hated it. Kind of, and I hadn't worked at a, a stand-up act anyway, really, because I mean the stuff I used to do in Dublin was was very Irish. Kind of mm. wasn't uh, it wasn't straight stand-up really. Mm. Uh, so I didn't you know I, I didn't enjoy it, and then so I just went, I, I went back, mm. and I think he came back about. A few weeks later as well. Oh yeah. And then I can't remember what. Then I, I think land died or something like that. And I got a few hundred quid, so I thought, "Fuck it, I'll, I'll go back again." Yeah. Because I've been thinking about. I think I've been writing some stand-up stuff oh. in the meantime. Yeah. That I thought could, maybe I could use there in London. Yeah. yeah. And then I went back again, and he came over about three or four weeks later. Yeah, and we just shared a horrible bed sit in uh-huh. Turnpike Lane. Wow. <laughs> and. Uh, so then you're starting doing open spots and yeah, yeah. did you have a, did, you didn't know anyone so you didn't know any of the English comedians didn't know anybody at all no, no, no. just looked yeah. them up on whatever and no you, 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 you got time out time out yeah and then there was all the clubs were listed with, their, with the front telephone number oh. and I it probably gave you a lot of the time it gave you the the, the promoter's name or whatever mm. so you just ring up mm. I mean most of the places you would get an open spot within two or three weeks wow and, um, and if you did well, you would get a booking within two or three weeks as well. Right, okay. That's how, how easy in a way it was, you know. Mm. But um, first gig, uh, have you ever heard of the Tunnel Club? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was notorious. Hardy, isn't yeah, it? yeah, it was notorious at the time. Sort of, yeah. they were supposed to be ruthless, you know. I mean, it's just yeah. I mean, yeah, the reputation was yeah. People went there. Too. Well, I didn't know anything about it. I just rang up and he gave, yeah. me, yeah, gave me an open spot the following night. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I remember I didn't go very well, but for some reason they, they let me off the hook. They didn't yeah. sort of devour me, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was probably because I, I was probably more relaxed because I didn't know this reputation. Yeah. So I just kind of you know, wasn't that bothered. So yeah. So I did that and uh, I don't think I did very well. But then I remember the next two I did went very well. There's a place called the Earth Exchange, which is a very... It was a vegetarian restaurant, very right on, you know. Mm. So, mm. I remember doing very well there and getting a booking straight away, and I couldn't believe it, you know. Yeah, brilliant. I was getting paid for doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, then I, I waited about uh, I waited about a year, eighteen months before I went near the comedy store because I knew I wasn't quite ready, you know. Yeah. But I mean, I, I hated running almost straight away because I think I'd been preparing in my head because yeah, I'd gone down to the comedy store a few times to watch her. Yeah. And I knew because I was very, very based on very one-linerish. Then mm-hmm. I just do a one-liner and wait, and then do another one-liner. So as long as they were good, it was fine. Because also the comedy store wouldn't have much patience; they wouldn't let you build up for five minutes with a story. Kind of, you know, mm-hmm. you had to go bang straight away. Yeah, yeah. and my style kind of suited it because it was just bang in one-liners. And uh, mm. 
Tim Kinney, who ran the comedy store, kind of almost sort of became my manager in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, was, in a sense, he was my manager, but I mean, he didn't. What it meant then was that I would get bookings in the comedy store quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Took a shine to Yeah, yeah, he did basically. Yeah. So mm. I was working in the comedy store almost second every second weekend mm. for about a year, eighteen months, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. Huh? Yeah. So you were making a living there. Yeah, very, very good living. Yeah, because I mean, it was yeah. it was four two nights, two shows on a Friday and two shows on a Saturday. Yeah. You know? And also because if you were in the comedy store, then you were noticed by telly people as well. Yeah. That's how I got Friday Night Live and Clive Anderson and a couple of other things, you know. Oh, did you? Yeah. What do you mean, the... You were on the show? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, just you, as a stand-up. Oh, they had stand-up on, yeah, yeah. And Clive Anderson had a stand-up spot every week, yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, So I did that as well, so... Uh, um, so it was great, yeah. Great for her. Cool. And then was Sean doing well at the time? He wasn't doing as well as me then. Anyway. No. <laughs> he, wasn't, uh, he wasn't enormously gracious about it. Either. He yeah. missed himself. I'm not talking behind his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then obviously he sort of overtook me because <laughs> of the very yeah, Right, right. And he sort of took off from there. And did yeah. you go up and do, do Edinburgh? Uh, I did, but it doesn't really suit me because I'm, in, I, I'm not that comfortable doing an hour. You know, yeah, also, yeah. Comedy, proper comedy clubs really suit me because, you yeah. know, that they're... Uh, you kind of build out one-liners and well I'm not as much one-liners as I used to be but I still do quite a lot of one-liners yeah. but if you're and also you're, you're talking about sort of nine, ten o'clock in the evening in a, you know in the comedy store and places like that but then if you go to Edinburgh and you're sort of five o'clock in some yeah. little cubby hole and there's ten people there yeah it's, it's a lot harder because you know, you, I'm not I say performing is not my forte I mean I, I do perform mm, but mm. it's not yeah, I mean, I've got a lot more performance Based on I used to be, because mm. I used to be just totally deliver one liner and just stare at them. But, yeah. You say it's not a performance, but it was kind of. It know, was, but it worked, worked, worked very well because I was getting the energy from the audience. I wasn't mm. giving them the energy. No, you know what I mean. So yeah. if I got ten people on a cold Thursday afternoon right. in a cubby hole, it doesn't work. You know. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I've, I've done shows in Edinburgh, and I have, a few of them have been reasonably successful. I'm not, mm. I'm not, I shouldn't put myself down that much, but. I mean, mm. It's, um, no, I know what you mean. But I mean, everyone's. Yeah. I mean, even Kevin, gonna, Kevin told me he'd done a show in. He'd done a warm up for Edinburgh, even in London, and stormed it. I remember him telling me about this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's he a horrible time. Rare to go to Edinburgh, yeah. and then it's just. Yeah. Boom, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's very. Some of the spaces aren't suited to stand up. Really, I think that's what it is. Yeah. There's just so much competition for spaces, and people are just going to say they just open up a space anywhere, and yeah. it's, sometimes it just doesn't suit. Dead little room. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Mm. Sometimes you know. It, Unless you're telling a story or something, mm, you know, mm. sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't work. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I remember Kevin telling me about that. He couldn't believe it. I was sort of yeah. from London, and then it's a, it's a strange one. Yeah, it's very hard to to gauge it. You know. I know. I mean, I don't know what the Edinburgh show has to be, but, yeah. but sometimes there's. I remember I was I was I know I knew I was on the shortlist for the Perrier thing once. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Um, <laughs> I remember I, was, I did uh, the late near the late and live in the Gilded Balloon, mm. and I, did, no. I knew I was on the shortest, and I knew they were coming to see me the following night because you know if you ring up and say who's in, and they say oh, well you know there's ten Perry people coming in, yeah. which means you're on the with the long shortest if you know what I mean. They, yeah. they pick about they used to pick about twelve, and then they would whittle it down to six yeah. as nominees, but. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe uh, this may not be the reason, but uh, 
I'm going to use it as the excuse anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'd done Late and Live the night before yeah. and stormed it. I had a really storming gig. Yeah. <laughs> the people come up and said, oh, we're going to come to your show tomorrow. Yeah. Because they really enjoyed it. But I didn't have that. It wasn't... The material I did Late and Live was a lot of the material I was doing on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of them came along and they were just hearing... Same stuff. A lot of half hour, about half an hour was the exact same stuff, you know, and it didn't... It didn't, it didn't die my arse, but it didn't... Didn't, didn't really take off. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they were all in. I knew there. Once probably once once it didn't start taking off, I probably started freaking because I knew they were just fucking there, oh. judging me. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, and I didn't get the nomination. <laughs> oh God, I. I think I don't see. Did, did you want to know that they were in or like? I, no, I didn't. It was a mistake. I, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize that they they would they would tell me. I, I think I just. Or maybe my agent told me. I can't remember what yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but no, I didn't want to know. No, I wouldn't have wanted to know at all. No. You... Um, but, yeah, that didn't help the nerves, you know, because... And also wasn't... It was a... I think it was a... I done the late night on the Monday. It was a Tuesday night, so... Even though the show had been going quite well, it wasn't. It was Tuesday, you know. It was kind of so yeah. still only half full anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it was half full of people who'd seen me the night before and half full of people... Yeah. From Perry, they've probably been watching shows for every day. Yeah. And they probably weren't, you know, they might smile if they thought something was funny, but they weren't going to be. They're being laughers. Yeah, they weren't going to be slapping their toys. Oh, God, it's mad, isn't it? I mean, I don't know why people will tell you that there's such and such personalities, because it's not like you can change. Yeah. You're not going to go, oh, well, then I'll actually be funny tonight, because I, I wouldn't have bothered being yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're probably, yeah, exactly, yeah. There are probably some people it doesn't matter. They don't give, probably give a shit, I don't know. Some yeah. performers, it doesn't, doesn't bother them, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But, um, no, it yeah, it was... Yeah. Yeah, so that was the last last time I ever did a successful show in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, um, that I can recall. What was that show called? It was, it was live and harmless. It was called. Mm. Um, I think it was holding a cauliflower in the picture. In the picture, okay, yeah. I remember it. Yeah, because mm. a lot of there was the I think there was a lot of that kind of Dennis Leary sort of dangerous comedy sort of. So I just called it live and harmless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was was that while you were still living in London? Yeah, I was in London then. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Or was I on a second, I think. No, I come back. I come back to Dublin for a short while. Yeah. I know you um, were with Michelle when you came. Yeah, I went back to yeah, back to London for Michelle Reed. That yeah, is, you should say. I was about. I can't remember how long. It wasn't long though. Um, and I mean, the, I realised kind of. Once I'd gone back there, the I had left in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we split up as well anyway, so I yeah. thought, yeah. And then did you meet Michelle on the circuit? Was she, she was a... She was, she used to stand up in the circuit in London. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's her right. matter, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, but then... She used to do, um, a poem about cystitis. That's right, yeah, yeah. Mm. I can't remember, that's right, yeah. That was her, that was her sort of finishing line, I think, yeah. cystitis. Yeah, I did the improv with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh... She must do it on cystitis. No, but she emailed, <laughs> she sent an email around few weeks ago yeah. saying I can't make it in I can't make it in uh, tonight I'm sick I've got cystitis <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and myself and me <laughs> quoted back <laughs> online <laughs> yeah. Yeah, get some yogurt that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. yeah but um, 
so yeah, she was on the circuit, and you, 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 you two just came back as a couple. Yeah, because I just kind of I'd reached the end. The problem was that with, with that act I did, even though it wasn't a character, but it was a kind of persona, I suppose. Where mm. um, I used to just, you know, I used to wear, wear a Mac, and it was kind of like a, a person, strange person just wandered around, mm. kind of subverting social people's social lives. Yeah, yeah. And, um, once I got the gag for the garden gag that. You know, once I started standing in people's gardens, I don't think I could go beyond that. There was no, there was no further mischief I could get up to, really. You know, right. That was the ultimate mischief, I think, just standing in people's gardens. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of um, so it's quite a visual. It was. Yeah, it was very visual. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, 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 I mean, if people listened to that, if they didn't see it. They think, well, well, yeah, well what's 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 so funny about that? Yeah. Because I remember but, when I was in uh, when I was doing the just for laughs in Canada. Um, explain the gag as people often say to me what well, well, I, 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 well I used to stand there with, with this Mac yeah I mean it wasn't meant to be a dirty old man but I think a lot of people misconstrued it as that oh okay it's just a strange character who yeah why would you be wearing a Mac on stage and why would you, it looked like that That's that I always wandered around regardless of the weather yeah I would be wearing a Mac basically you know? yeah and then I would I, I do sort of I can't remember a series of one hours and then I would just sort of just stare at them and say people often say to me Hey you, what are you doing in my garden? Yeah, and just stare at them, and then kind of it usually take a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. yeah, I remember. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, just amazing. But so uh, and uh, I said, the, the century, the, the performance thing wasn't really mine. So I mean, I, I remember I used to be, I used to be terrified then. I mean, I would never even look at an audience member. Yeah, and so once it kind of got to that stage where. I couldn't really use that persona anymore. Even no. though I haven't changed totally, obviously, but I mean, it was, it was very much a persona. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know where to go. I, I remember I, didn't, I stopped using the Mac and I tried to be a bit more observational and all that, but I didn't. Yeah. wasn't enjoying it at all. I didn't feel mm. comfortable there. Yeah. So I kind of reached the end. I didn't know where to go after that, you know, so I decided I'm not going to bother doing the circuit anymore. So. Really? And then there's no point being in London. And Michelle wanted to some change as well so we decided just to go back to Ireland mm. where um, it didn't work out I mean not just Michelle I mean it was just I didn't really like it to be honest you know mm. um, you didn't say long how long did you know it was about I can't maybe about eight months mm. and um, yeah and then basically basically went back to London mm. went back on the I didn't go I didn't go immediately I, went, I lived in Scotland for a short while but then went mm. back in the circuit yeah mm. um and then uh, did you um, when did Father Ted come along was that after the soon after that uh, it wasn't long because it was yeah. filmed in uh, 94 I can't remember where, I remember I did a show at the Bloomsbury with uh, Dylan Moran and Ardle oh right just, yeah we're not like, just a stand up show we weren't doing things together also. yeah I can't remember somebody else as well I can't remember could have been Ian McPherson right um and they came up to us after, up to me afterwards and said oh we're, we're, we're writing a sitcom and I didn't know they were this is uh, Graham and Arthur Graham. Yeah, yeah. And Arthur uh, I think this is the first time I met them. Yeah, yeah. and they said they're writing a sitcom, they're mm. priests in Ireland. And I thought, eh, no. <laughs> Good oh, idea. Yeah. I know it sounds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It yeah. sounds oh, great. Doesn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, And they said um, we, we might be in touch or somewhere. You know, we might have a part for you or something. I can't remember. Yeah, what it was for his, but I, I think they had me in mind when they wrote Father Stone, but I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, well, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, mm. So I mean, I, I'm not really an actor, you know. So I mean, it was, mm. it was a piece of piss for me to do that to Father Stone because it mm. was it was kind of based 
not dissimilar to my stand-up act, you know? Yeah, I think they did that with a few people. I think they did yeah. it with me as well. Did and, they? And, yeah, and yeah. Patrick McDonald. Yeah, I think yeah. They ha- and Graham Norton probably as well. Right? Yeah, so yeah. they were good that way because they wrote stuff. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. people think, people say to me, uh, um, you know, does the father of that thing piss you off? And it doesn't at all. I mean, yeah. it's recognition and, you know. Yeah. I don't have a problem with it at all. It's great. It was a real sitcom, so and to be associated with such an iconic sitcom is great. Yeah, I know, and uh, to be remembered for one like one episode is yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah, yes. yeah. As you say, yeah, because I mean, they kind of based each episode around to a degree around yourself. So yeah, um, you kind of got a lot of attention. It wasn't like you were just in the background. You know, no, so. you weren't just brought on. Just no, to no, so it was great. Straight yeah. man, no, so you got laughed. So it was great. Yeah, yeah so cutest to Graham and Arthur, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was great. Yeah. Was that is, he, is it in the first series then that you were? Yeah, it was the first series. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was the second second episode of the first series. Oh well, yeah. yeah. But it's a strange how because I remember seeing the review in the Independent of the first uh, first episode. Yeah, and I really, really, I mean, it was vicious. Was it? Yeah, it wasn't just sort of this isn't. It was, it was kind of like how could these writers possibly go? It was really sort of the English Independent. Yeah, 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 yeah really, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it was really dirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, I've heard that of quite a few sitcoms over the years. That at first they're you know they're often slated, yeah, um, and then so they just pick up as you go along. But I think that is with most sitcoms you kind of you need to. It takes a few episodes to get to kind of know the characters. Totally, yeah. yeah. You can't just sort of, so it's stupid reviewing any sitcom on a first episode, yeah, because it's not a sketch show. It's, it's something yeah. you need to kind of. Well, get into it's the hard thing about writing the sick, writing the first episode of a sitcom because you almost have to do a lot of setting up. Oh, you do, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first yeah. episode is very yeah, hard yeah. to get it funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you have to get to know the characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably why why a lot of them do start off slowly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think some of, some of the best ones over the years have, have been slated. Initially, you know, Black the Office, Adder. I think, was probably yeah, yeah. even what you call it, the uh, say Black Adder, uh, and uh, One Foot in the Grave was really slated. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. One Foot in the Grave was a favourite of Graham and Arthur's, isn't it? Was it? Yeah, it's very yeah. clever. Yeah, yeah, they love but, it. Um, yeah, but that was slated as well. Apparently, I remember seeing there was something about Richard Wilson. It was Richard Wilson and, and, and the writer that kind of were, were, were discussing it. I think mm. was it David Rennick? I think is his name. Yeah, and yeah, the, it was it was given really, really bad reviews at the start. Yeah. And the Irish press hated Father Ted at the beginning. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Yeah. yeah, well, they're all over it now. With the actually, yeah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I, I wasn't living in Ireland at the time, so I don't know, but I could imagine. Yeah. So Ardle said, I wouldn't have, wasn't aware of it, but Ardle had read the reviews. So. Yeah, yeah, mm. I could believe it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so did you continue then doing your stand-up for a good while? And I kind of did, yeah. Then, then I kind of, um, what was it, I went to, I was kind of doing bits and pieces, but I wasn't doing that much. I wasn't I wasn't kind of like, I, my heyday was gone, basically. I wasn't doing mm. the comedy store and genres as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, like very sort of, once every six months or something, I can't remember. Because mm-hmm. there was so much competition then anyway, and I'd kind of, I'd been away from for, for a while, so... Yeah, when you get a, when yeah, people yeah. move in, you know, I know. <laughs> very quickly. Young, yeah, 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 indeed, yeah. So, um, 
And uh, what, what was it like then working with, with had you been in contact with Dermot uh, in between uh, that sketch show and then Father Ted? No, 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 no. I mean, probably socially I have been, like, yeah, but yeah. not, not work-wise, no. Morgan, so, yeah. yeah uh, no, not work-wise, no. no yeah. No, no. Well, like, would you consider yourselves have been mates or, or kind of... Um, well, not cl- I mean, certainly, certainly we would go out for drinks together. I mean, mm. not the closest to mates. We're certainly mates rather than not, if you put it that way. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because yeah. we both, well, I suppose we both kind of wanted to do comedy and write comedy and perform it. So there was that kind of yeah, know, that connection. You yeah. taken very different routes. I mean, like yeah. you went on that circuit in London. And Dermot was kind of slightly linked to an older style. Well, well Dermot, used, Dermot used to do the. The working man's clubs. That's how he started because there was no other in England. No, in in, in Ireland. Sorry, in I, Ireland. I used to go around with him to a few of the few of them. Yeah. yeah where? Yeah. Like what kind of places? I can't remember. The, the old somewhere. They were always on the north I side. Did, I, d- I didn't know there was working man's clubs in Ireland. I thought it was in English. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's meant to be called working man's, but it was yeah. kind of like the same kind of thing, basically. Yeah. Pubs or or, or drinking clubs. <laughs> it was usually pubs. It was usually pubs. Yeah. 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 Um, and well, how? What was that like? <laughs> <laughs> He went down okay. He used to do the priest thing, the Father Trendy. Father Trendy, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of some got it. They didn't, you know, it wasn't. But I just, <laughs> I just remember some guy. I can't remember what his name was, but it was sort of <laughs> chubby guy. And he had this <laughs> really skin tight white suit, and he would strut around the audience. You're my sort of people, ladies and gentlemen. And you want that? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. Uh, I don't know how he did it. I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't have done it. This is a Derek did. Yeah, he went. To, he, I went to about two or three of them. And like he was taking the piss of the kind of. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. He, you know, he didn't go really sort of below the belt or anything. But yeah, he was, do, he was doing the priest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it would have the kind of like um, remember Sonny Knowles. Sonny Knowles. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah. Yeah. The window cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. a very nice guy. Actually, I remember meeting him. Yeah. But yeah. that's the sort of thing. They'd have have a. And and he was on with Sonny Knowles. People like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Right? He, like he was kind of low on the bill kind of you know yeah. kind of, he, just, he just wanted somewhere to do it you know mm. I know Sonny I, I did it there was nothing else there was nothing else right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was it you had to do it <laughs> yeah, yeah if you wanted to yeah. Jesus that must have been hard yeah, yeah it was. Um, I, I interviewed Sonny Knowles once and I asked him how many songs did he do on a night and he said oh, two or three hundred I don't <laughs> do uh, I don't do the verses you just do a medley of choruses that's all people want to hear he's <laughs> probably right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah probably right yeah. <laughs> uh, God so uh, yeah no cause it's weird kind of Dermot kind of spans the kind of what would you call the uh, alternative comedy and, yeah he's and kind of yeah he's kind of in between but I suppose he's more um, he's more of an impersonator Dermot really I mean, he's, a, he's a brilliant impersonator yeah yeah, um, yeah. some of the people he used to do were Amazing, you know, he's, he's Eamon Dunphy impersonation was bloody mm. hilarious. I don't know whether he ever did it on telly. No, I think he did, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. I mean, it was just, it was just so close to the bone, it was brilliant. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who else he used to But he must have been like, um, there must have been some big break for him getting Father Ted because it's oh, huge, yeah, yeah. He was huge. kind of yeah. struggling at the time, wasn't he? Oh, yeah, well, I think the Scrub Surgery had been. Well, scrap, no, no pun intended, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. had been scrapped under at that point. I think, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he, oh, well, he, so, but, all right. So scrap Saturday was big, so he wasn't doing too bad, I suppose. But <clears throat> yeah, but I think as you say, they, they, they scrapped it, so there was nothing else, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there was, and there was, there was no circuit. There was still no circuit in Dublin. Yeah, comedy circuit, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, so he wouldn't do that. He wouldn't be. He would do a different circuit, I think, as well. He did his own show, no? Do you know what he I mean? probably did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there still wasn't, you know, wasn't much sort of scope, I don't think, you know. Mm. See, so he probably, the Father Ted thing probably just came around at a perfect time for him, you know. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, winning the British Comedy Award or something that was kind of, you know, a nice fill. Yeah. Um, but so I, I, I didn't really see much then, you know. I mean, he lived. He lived in London. I think he lived down near Richmond or somewhere. And I was in North London, so yeah. We didn't have much contact, you know. Um, you weren't writing with him again then after. No, no. Well, I, well, no, I never really wrote with him. Okay, okay. Um, I kind of I may have contributed to a few of the sketches in that sketch show thing, but yeah. Um, he he did most of the writing and all with Barry Devlin, you know, Barry Devlin from uh, from the Horselips. Yeah. Oh, right. He used to. They were quite nice together. Yeah. Mm. And he used to do some of the writing as well. I can't remember who else. Some other guy. I can't remember. Must have been a big shock then when he passed away so quickly. Yeah, yeah it was well. It was. Yeah, I, mean, I was actually I was back up in Scotland when I, mm. I moved up to Scotland when, when that happened. Um, mm. Yeah, so it was a bit of a shock. But his dad died around the same age. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, so it could have been just a ticking clock thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because um, McDermott didn't smoke, and he, he drank, but he wasn't, by any means, an alcoholic, you know? Yeah. So, uh... He, he didn't relax, though, I must say. He was very, he's very hyper, yeah, he's a very hyper mm. man, yeah, he wouldn't, yeah. It's very hard to get him to sit in a chair for five minutes, you know? Mm. So that, that probably... I think, I think probably stress contributes to these things more than anything else, doesn't it, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sure smoking 20 cigarettes a day doesn't, doesn't help either, but yeah, you know, I think stress is probably even more of a cause of heart, heart attacks than anything else. You know? uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he was he was quite stressed, yeah. Mm. I think probably because of the success of Father Ted, then he was even more stressed. I, I didn't knock about him then, so I don't know, but probably, you know. Yeah, I just got the impression that he was always thinking ahead as well, so he had four or five different projects. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't, projects. He wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't, he wouldn't relax and sort of just... Yeah, just um, sitting the glory of Father Teddy. You have to sort mm. of, you know, what's next kind of thing. Mm. Very driven, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. What's this where I've gone wrong? Driving <laughs> 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 myself. Uh, I know. I think a lot of the people that really make a big, you, you know, they're driven. That's their. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Driven. There's one. I mean, I won't mention his name, but mm. there's one particularly successful. Um, comedian and I remember just so he just never talked about anything else but comedy mm. I was just obsessed it was a total obsession yeah. mm. to the point of being very boring I have to say but well, then, you know it's it, almost an insanity yeah it probably is yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really necessarily have to be like that to be successful but it certainly probably helps yes yeah but you don't have to be no no, no you could try going with talent <laughs> I'm not saying this guy was, isn't talented. Oh, right, oh, right, I know, I know, I know. Oh, yeah, it's just purely good. Yeah, yeah. But then there's no reason to believe that talent we get anywhere yeah, either. Yeah, indeed, yeah. yeah well, a lot of it's hitting the zeitgeist at the right time, isn't it? And, yeah. yeah but it's very difficult to be. Like, I find it. I, I, do you know Sean? Do you, you know, you contact with Sean Hughes now? I, I, I mean, uh, he's done a lot on the islands in Glasgow, yeah. but I, mean, I, I met him a couple of years ago, so we both did um, a thing called the Happiness Festival in Inverness, run by the Gilded Balloon. Oh, yeah? I hadn't seen him for a few years, so I was speaking to him during that year. Mm. Uh, so, well, he, he was massive, huge. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
unbelievably big. And now it would be, I'd say, if you're talking to someone under 30, they wouldn't know who he is. Well, no, it is. No, that's what yeah. it is. It's very, very sort of transient, that sort of business, unless you're, mm. unless you're still there, unless you're still on the telly, you know, you're kind of... Yeah. Um, they could fade from memory very quickly, you know? Yeah. That's the way it is. Um, I'd say it's probably difficult to have been really big and then not be. I don't know. Maybe, perhaps not. That's why. Yeah. So it's for me. I don't have to deal with that. Likewise, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when did you move? You, yeah, I know you live uh, in Glasgow now. When did yeah. you move up? To- it was uh, 98, I think. Because mm. I, I had twins and they were about three years old and no family in London and it. Mm. I'd kind of got fed up doing the circuit again, really. Mm. So, um, and my girlfriend uh, at the time was uh, offered a big job in Scotland. She sort of, she worked to work in delis and things like that, and restaurants, and she was offered a big job. Yeah. But a delicatessen chain in Glasgow. Yeah. Um, so we just decided to go. Yeah. So mm. I basically became a house husband for a few years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because yeah. there wasn't any. There wasn't any comedy clubs in Glasgow then the stand wasn't there then yeah I think the, the stand in Edinburgh might have been I can't remember I think it probably was yeah yeah the stand there a long time the yeah. stand in Edinburgh was there yeah yeah but there, was no, there was nothing in Glasgow right there, well there was one it was kind of like the international bar in Dublin it was called uh, mm. the State Bar mm. off, off Socky Hall Street that's, mm. that's about the only that was the only that it only fit about sort of 25 people I mean. Right, right, right. So there's, there's no there's no comedy circus. I didn't really do comedy for mm. quite some years, really. You know? And then you, and then I kind of kind of uh, started. <coughs> my kids sort of got, got a bit older and started going to yeah. school. And had a bit more time on their hands. And, yeah. And then the stand in Glasgow opened as well. Mm-hmm. But I knew that uh, I knew there wasn't many that many clubs. So mm. you know, if I was just doing a set, then I got to get booked once every six months or something. So I started started comping, which I never never done before. Yeah. Was something that I wouldn't ever have thought of, but I thought, well, if I can compare, I could possibly get a, you know, a weekly gig. Right. Yeah. And uh, he'd no, he'd no compare for the Sunday night. He had no, you know, he'd no regular compare. Yeah. You'd have a compare one with some different people yeah. all the time. And he was, he was only getting about twenty or thirty people in on a Sunday night. Then maybe, maybe even less. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I asked him, could I compare? And it's kind, of, kind of started going well, and then just doing it for over ten years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have the, that sort of bread and butter gig, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. Every week, you know. It's um I, mean, I still get nervous. Yeah. Bizarrely, yeah. I, mean, I still get nervous. I don't get petrified, but I do get nervous. Well, see, the campfire is a tough one because you can't be doing... You, you've just got to improvise. Yeah, you, you are busting yeah. it you have to. Yeah. You, you can't go out and say, tell a joke, yeah. Yeah. So if the audience don't go with you, you're in trouble, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but a lot of them, I do get a fair amount of regulars. Not, not people who come every week, but I mean, yeah. people who kind of know the way I am, kind of, so they mm. kind of play along. It's very rarely I don't get a reaction mm-hmm. from them, so sort of just playing along. Yeah. But it's, it's that thing that you never know. Yeah. So I suppose like, I've never done improv, but I, mean, I can imagine it's the same thing. Yeah, the improv is easier <laughs> because you've got, you're with the group and um, yeah. you've got something to fall back on. Smoking <laughs> yeah. in the background. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, 
but uh, it's yeah because the compare in, in 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 England is a big thing in America I know the compare does maybe five minutes of material at the top and then I think goes, it's, yeah, it's just garbage, introduces yeah. Yeah. oh no it's, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. lows to low but it's like I mean you've, you've heard comedians say you know people I've heard comedians are, who compare genres and things like that and uh, I, this, well, I can't remember his name <laughs> I think it was Roger Monkhouse actually you know Roger Monkhouse uh, is it a really good stand-up yeah, yeah I don't know him personally yeah, but he yeah. was, I think it was him anyway and I apologise to you Roger if it's not you but uh, he was doing yeah he was comparing genres and he'd come off stage he'd, he'd done a storm you know really good 15 minutes to warm him up yeah and he was walking back and he was walking back to the bar to get himself a drink but someone, someone punted up with their hand and says could you get me two lager and uh, yeah, vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just you know the converse of you just, just of, you some know. guy who works yeah. in the club. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you hear people saying to compers, you know, you, you ever thought of doing comedy? Oh uh, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. That's yeah. been said to me. Yeah, when yeah. I used to compare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you could be, you could be a comedian yourself. As good as the other <laughs> professionals up there, you're, yeah. you're as good as them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and do you write any... Well, that's, well, that's what I was coming to you. I've got... Um, it was years ago, I had a thing on Radio 4 called Aim and Older Brother of Jesus. Oh, right, yeah. It was a sort of a mini sitcom, you know? Mm. And it was um, produced by a guy called Phil Clark, and we'd um, recorded that. It was <laughs> like it was going to follow me for around the rest of my We'd recorded everything, done yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, the guy who commissioned it, um, the head of Radio 4, had resigned in the meantime. Not because of any... Maybe he's just sort of come mm. to his retirement age. It's funny, you have to say, you have to, <laughs> you know, when you say that somebody from BBC resigned, you have to kind of qualify that. But I mean, it wasn't like that. He'd just come to the end of his term or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but he was, um, he was replaced by a Scottish Catholic who worked in BBC Scotland, a guy called, I think it was James Boyle, was his name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, he didn't and have about a, about, It was about a week before it was due to be. Uh, but aired. Out, aired. Yeah. and he, this guy James was flipping through the Radio Times and he saw this Eamon older brother of Jesus and he asked for the tapes as it was in those days Yeah, and he said no there's no way that's, that's going out on Radio 4 fuck but the thing about it was that it, it wasn't designed to be offensive yeah. the joke was that, that, that the holy, so called holy family were Irish yeah. and that Jesus had an older brother called Eamon who didn't get a look in and so he's basically trying to emulate his younger brother who's the Messiah yeah, uh, he didn't have a hope basically, and was he was stuck in this Irish family, and he was stuck in the carpentry shop because Jesus was out doing miracles and getting all the fame. So um, that was that was that was the yeah. Setup. I you've done some of that in stand up, have you? I did. I did a show. I did a, an Edinburgh show. Yeah, but it was like he, that that, that uh, Eamon had come back to the Second Coming. I didn't do it as as the sitcom. Thing. No, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm just doing some of the. Yeah, yeah, I did a show in. Um, <coughs> Yeah, that, that was about three or four years after the other one. Actually, that was probably that was a quite successful one. Mm. Um, but uh, and so anyway, yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, it was, it was, the guy says no, it's not going like this. Um, and it was actually listed. It was already. Oh, listed, so, 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 we'd done everything, we recorded it, and I've been paid for all the writing. Yeah, and I mean, I said, wasn't there probably bits that if you're you're a Catholic, but I mean, I think apparently, I, I don't know if this is true. And if it's true, it's so pathetic that the reason he didn't like it was that if Jesus had an older brother. Yeah. Ever herself couldn't be a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, there's a lot of things. 
in the garbage you could pick holes in yeah. <laughs> okay. um, fortunately I've since been commissioned by, by Channel 4 to write a pilot oh, okay. so I'm waiting to hear, hear back from that so I don't know that's cool so yeah um, hopefully it'll work out yeah but you, you just don't know there's so much competition you know? mm-hmm. but if it does that'd be great yeah. that's, mm-hmm. that'd be sort of basically starting the career I wanted you to do at 65 <laughs> yeah isn't that amazing yeah, yeah. but uh, did, have you continued writing uh, all through the years different things that maybe haven't been in stand-up I, or, yeah, well, or, well, I, I still write stand-up and I still yeah, yeah, because yeah. I mean even though I, I compare the the stand every Sunday and I still try and slot in bits of material at some yeah. point oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe during the second half or something and, yeah, yeah. and I also do gigs in Scotland as well so just for my own sanity I like to write new stuff you know rather than just of course yeah trying out the old same old crap you know so yeah I still write, still write stand up and um, yeah. I've tried writing other sitcoms but it didn't really get anywhere you know yeah it's very hard to come up with an idea that, that really works you know yeah um, I, I, I can't remember how I got the aim and thing but it was just just seemed to be the classic sort of Mm. sibling rivalry you know mm. I mean it's bad enough having a successful brother but a successful brother who's <laughs> the son of God yeah yeah <laughs> well allegedly you know what I mean mm. for fictional purposes but um, so I thought yeah, I thought that'd be a good good theme for it you know yeah yeah it's very hard to write a sitcom I think it's probably it's the hardest yeah, thing yeah, you could yeah. possibly write not to write, try to write it if you come from a, a stand up viewpoint as well but you forget that it's not it is about gags, but the gags have to come naturally from the characters rather than yeah. written gags, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know? But you've got to develop a plot, maybe a subplot, mm. and also have a yeah. gag every part. Few yeah, but I think, I, think the, I think all that comes relatively easy once you get the characters. That's the hardest. It's the hardest, mm. you know, drawing the characters out. That, that is the hardest bit, I think. Mm. Once you've got them in your head, the rest right. comes very, I won't say easily, but it's... Right, yeah, you know, naturally. It comes more naturally because you know what the, you know what they're about, you know. Yeah, and you can you can see because I remember I, I've, I've tried writing other sitcoms and you kind of realize you're forcing the plot kind of, and it's not really mm. coming from the naturally. You know, you just kind of you've got a plot in your head and you're trying to work the plot around the characters rather than the characters creating the plot themselves. If you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of the things about Father Ted when you read the scripts, of Father Ted. There's nothing really too complicated going on. Yeah. Or like, like there's nothing. Yeah. The plot. No, it's not. It's not there, but yeah, it's it yeah, just yeah. works so easily. Yeah, because they're, they're just walking into the scenes naturally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I think if you if you try and set out a plot before you really know the characters are, it just doesn't. Yeah. It'll look forced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there, there have been sitcoms on. I can't remember name any in particular, but where it was obvious that was the case. You know, mm. the the characters weren't properly drawn. The, wor- uh, the worst thing is to watch the, uh, well like Curb Your Enthusiasm it's kind of he's so clever I think Larry David at, at yeah. bringing in three different strands that all, yes, all yeah. mesh together yeah, it, yeah. it looks so easy if you <coughs> watch yeah. him and you go yeah. oh I, I'll try that yeah, but of course it's it is fucking hard oh no yeah it's bloody difficult yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but I suppose he, he also knows his own character and he knows the other people around him you know so it's He's worked out where the other characters are in his head, so he can, it just comes, I wouldn't say naturally, but it does flow a lot easier mm-hmm. once you know the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they would. That's, they, apparently, they don't. They do. Add, they do um, ad lib as well. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they know where they know where they're meant yeah. to go, but yeah. they. Well, I know from like the Aiden Older Brothers, you just think the plots do come relatively easy to me mm. compared to anything I've, I've, I've tried to write because 
I know the characters so well in my head, you know. Mm. And also because I know them even better because we actually did record it, so I saw other actors, you know, oh, yeah. parts and I kind of came to life really even more than... Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can see it at Yeah, least. totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And does that work if you, if you do something with the actors? Does, do, does it help you rewrite maybe or something when you see it fleshed out? Does it, it, does not, it, well, not so much. It, it brings other things to you, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you can see even more sides to the character than you, than you had even in your head, you know, because the actors yeah. are bringing it out, you know? Yeah. Because they, they, they obviously saw something which I didn't see and they brought something else to it so it yeah. just developed I think that's probably why sitcoms develop the second series of most sitcoms is when it takes off yeah because the writers and actors are beginning to develop it even more as they go along you know? yeah 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 who the characters yeah, are totally yeah. and yeah. how they fit together yeah, yeah. And the, the actors probably become more comfortable in the roles as well yeah I mean because I remember I did a, a few weeks ago there's a comedian called Seymour Mace I don't know you know I don't know him He's a, from Newcastle. Very funny man. He got a nomination for the in Edinburgh this year. Yeah. For the it's not it's not Perry anymore. I don't know it's what it is. or Carlsberg. Or yeah. All right. Yeah. Foster's. That's it. Foster's. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's, he he wrote a sitcom called MI Five, and it's um <coughs> he just he, he's just financing it himself. Yeah. He's, he could, he was going to go out online, I think. Um, oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a, I had a part in it as, as the chief of MI Five. Yeah. It's not the main part, even though it sounds it, but I mean, it's still yeah. a great part. It's very funny. Yeah. But I remember even, I was only filming for three days, but I remember even the third day I could feel myself getting more confident yeah. in knowing what this guy is about, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that was only just after three days, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, that's how they, I think that's how they develop. I think also that's, that helps if you're writing with someone because you have someone to say the lines to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's difficult on your own too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very hard, yeah. Yeah. yeah Usually, there's a writer and a pacer. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, well, anyway, listen. Thanks, man. No for pleasure. The yeah. Chat and uh, good luck with that. So come on. Cheers. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was Michael Redmond. And if you're in Glasgow any time and you want to see some comedy, he hosts a gig in the Stand Comedy Club in Glasgow. Um, so that is it. Now, if you want to listen to another good podcast, I highly recommend on 738am on the Castaway Media website, the interview with Donald Deneen. Donald Deneen was uh, hosted a show called No Disco years ago and he had his radio show on Today FM. And it's just amazing. Just listen to him talking about music and how important it is in his life. That is great. So if you're into music and if you're into life, life, life is your thing. Have a, have a, have a, a giggly woogly listen to that. I am uh, about to go in now and start shooting this thing where I'm going to be, I'm going to be in a straitjacket for a lot of the day looking fucking manic because that's my thing. Manic, I've got a manic uh, head on me and uh, I, I do a lot of that shit. Do a lot of that manic shit. I do a lot of eye work. I'm good at eye work. That's one of my acting fortes. I'm doing classes on eye work, if anyone's interested. I do a whole week on uh, how you can use your eyes in acting. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I want to ask you as well, if you're, uh, uh, if you're uh, on iTunes, if you could give a star rating and a review because it helps the podcast and it helps me because it boosts my ego. And that is very important. And I think the... I think that's 
far more important than anything that my ego should be boosted um i uh, also recommend uh, all the all the castaway media uh, uh podcasts just to check them out not now cato is a great one as well obviously i've just mentioned 738 am so and that one is um uh, andrew mangan hosts that and he also produces this one and um, daniel rooney did the music thank you for listening and next week i'll be talking to bernard Shea from the republic of uh, telly and uh, the 2FM breakfast show that's a great uh, chat with him okay see ya bye This was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonix Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Exonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.